What if our most intimate items were made as beautiful as the ones we displayed with the most pride? Lilo has established a heritage based on quality, on unexpected innovation, and on being entirely different from everything and everyone else. Lilo is driven by an insatiable curiosity. That's what makes them unique, different, and uniquely different. Their uniqueness is rooted in a design-led approach to all products. This means they can offer their customers new sensations before they even know they want them. Lilo does everything they can to turn your desires into reality. So I have the Lilo Sona Cruise 2, and it is my most powerful vibrator and gives me the most intense orgasms. Like, so intense that it's a one-and-done situation, and I highly recommend it if you enjoy clitoral stimulation. It sends kind of like air vibrations, and it's just really beautiful. It's fun, it is quiet, it is like a go-to if I want to have like a really good orgasm. Uh, I'm also really curious about the Lilo Soreo Wave. It's a luxurious rabbit massager and it has clitoral vibration and it also has um, a, like a waving movement for internal g-spot stimulation. Um, so that's definitely um, on my Christmas list. <laughs> but they have so many great products. They are all beautiful. They're all really well made, high quality. Um, I recommend Lilo to everybody. They offer a variety of beautiful, high-quality products for solo play, partners, anal play, and more. Visit the link in this week's episode description to find the Lilo product that's right for you. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Shopa. Oh, man, this week has been crazy busy. I have been a busy little bee. Um, which is a good thing. I am super grateful to be busy. And uh, I'm a lot of what I'm doing is bringing you really awesome guests for this podcast. Um, So I'm super excited. (laughs) And I hope that you are enjoying this and having as much fun as I am. Uh, These interviews that I'm having are so inspiring and almost jaw dropping. I am feeling so fortunate and so grateful to be able to have these people on to tell their stories and to um, shed some light into specific areas of self-love and confidence and authenticity. Also some exciting personal information, um, I have gotten myself back into therapy, which is super great. Um, I personally believe that we all need a therapist, whether we are currently having mental health issues or not. It's, it's just nice to have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of and to call you out on your bullshit and to encourage you to challenge certain thoughts. Um, so I, I mean, finding a therapist is always kind of a nightmare and finding one that you like is even harder. Um, but I was really, really fortunate. I looked at my insurance and figured out who I could go to, did a little bit of research and found someone who specializes in grief and uh, trauma, which is great because that's what I needed. <laughs> and I was a little a little hesitant to go to this person because um, she's pretty young, like uh, she might even be younger than me. And that was intimidating to me to go into a place with somebody who's younger than me who seemingly has their life much more together than I do, but it's going really well. 
Um, so I had my second appointment today, and yeah, I feel like we're going to get into some shit. <laughs> so uh, it's really exciting. I, I am such an advocate for therapy and for mental health um, and taking care of yourself um, in all aspects and mental well-being a big part of that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for that adventure as well. Um, but today we have a absolutely fantastic interview for you. I am so excited to release this episode as soon as, uh, I mean, while I was recording it even, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait for everybody else to hear this amazing story. Um, so today's conversation, uh, we get into a lot of things. Um, we get into resilience and optimism and we get into mental health and, um, we get into xenophobia. It's it's stellar. I I cannot stress this enough. Um, I met this person through my former job, and he is just he's a damn ray of sunshine. Honestly, um, I was always walking around the office, and he would be dancing and saying hello to everybody. And he's just really it's it's. I feel like it would be hard to have a, a bad day around him. Um, He's so smart, he's so eloquent, and his his optimistic outlook is really infectious. I mean, hearing his story and just the, the way that he looks at the world is really inspirational. And so I hope that you really enjoy this interview. Um, please give a very warm welcome to my good friend, Manny Avila. Well, Manny, thank you for joining us on Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, so, Manny, we met uh, through work, and uh, I I immediately was like, oh, I love this person's energy. Like, <laughs> I wish I could bottle it up and, and give it to myself and everybody else. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but before I shower you with, um, you know, all the compliments, I'm curious, how do you see yourself? Like, how would you describe yourself to others? You know, I think uh, it's been an evolution, right? Um, uh, to be completely honest, you know, I used to be a person that uh, took a lot of precautions and, and, and I was... Uh, a little bit of unsure of what I should do in different situations, but then I came into my own and, and I just told myself, if I am myself, then I think uh, I'll be very transparent and I'll be able to transmit the type of energy that I want around myself. And hopefully that's contagious to others to maybe motivate them to be happy. I'm just a happy person and, uh, and I'm very driven on getting tasks done. And I try to do it with a with a positive attitude. And uh, you know, sometimes you know, you have good days and have bad days. But in the end, I I want to say that I'm the kind of person that likes to kind of every day look at what I did right, what I did wrong, and whatever was done wrong, then you know, revisit and hopefully uh, transmit that positive energy again. Manny, that's such an awesome way to look at things. And like that brings up so many questions for me. Um, so thank you for that open and honest answer. Um, yeah, I 
I think that that is really in alignment with how I see you. And, you know, obviously with the title of this podcast, Empowered Authenticity, and that's, you know, the title of my business as well, that's really what um, it, it's all rooted in is that people are their most potent and they do their best work just in general when they show up as their authentic selves. And yeah, sometimes that does mean that you have a shitty day. Um, <laughs> and that's just a part of it and saying like, hey, I'm having a shitty day like this. This sucks. But knowing that like we can all get through it together if we just, you know, have those open and honest conversations. Um, and so, you know, a big part of this podcast and what I do with my business is trying to allow others to show up as their authentic selves. Um, and so when I think of somebody doing that, like you are one of the first people who comes to my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would always see you like in the office, like dancing around and like you had so much energy. Like, I don't know how you have so much energy, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes people would ask me, so how many cups of coffee have you had? I'm like, oh, not, not yet. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think I used to be extremely hyper. I mean, as, as I get older, I'm still hyper, but not as uh, I used to be before. But uh, But again, you know, I think, you know, if you look back and they're like, oh, you know, that's the guy that was standing and it was always dancing. And like, they might not know my name, but they'll remember that guy. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, like, I remembered your name because you were the man who was always dancing. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Um, but you're also you're such a welcoming, warm person. Like, you know, I feel like you could very easily be the face of any company because you are just so personable. So I don't know if becoming a CEO is on your bucket list, but I feel like you would do a great job with it. Thank you. No, I think we'll we'll leave that to those people who who have high stress uh, toler tolerance. I, I don't think I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I also don't want all of that nonsense. Like, I'm just trying to take care of me. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of ask you then, you talked about how you used to be very um, cautious and kind of, you know, more reserved. <clears throat> how did you um, come out of that phase and evolve to where you are today? You know, it was, uh, I want to say that uh, it took a lot of having internal conversations, but then I wasn't able to really, you know, come out and, and say, all right, I can do this or, or lose the fear of doing something that I liked in public, right? But then I had, um, around the age of 18, I met a few individuals that it really, really had that patience. They looked at me as a person that was that was very nice and everything. They were like, hey, you, you have potential, you know, just just go out there and do it. And they taught me a lot of things that I was very naive about. And once I was able to kind of grasp on the concepts that they were kind of telling me, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing this. Or, you know, when you, if, you, if you do something, just realize that there's going to be positive and negative consequences. So it was, it was thanks to those 18, 19, 20, when, when these individuals, with friends of mine who to this day are some of my best friends, they were able to kind of shape and allow me to gain that confidence to do the things and be the person that I always wanted to be. So it's, uh, 
I mean, now I'm 40 and, and, and that evolution continues, you know, it's, it never stops because you learn from so many people. And most recently, I wanted to mention, I know, you know, Dini here at, at Exact Sciences, she is, uh, she's an incredible individual. She's, she's the kind of person that, and, and you know how, how sometimes we view individuals and, and we're like, oh, I wish I was like them. And there was some type of, uh, uh, you know, jealousy. And, and I don't, and, 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 and I used to be a person that would look at people and be jealous and, and definitely not anymore. But then Dini, she is the kind of person that you look at and she is, she has such inner peace that it's, uh, that you, you want to be like her, but you know, you can't because you're, you have a different personality, but just being around her just puts me at peace. And, and the conversations that I have with her, she's, She's taught me how to meditate and, and breathe. And, and I've had, you know, like a few sessions with her for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, almost on a weekly basis. And you just forget about everything that's going on. You forget about work and you just in the moment and you breathe and you're fine. And that's one of the things that's also helped me a lot. And, you know, it's, it's uh, we can't do it alone. That's what yeah. I'm trying to get to. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if you have ever watched the show Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my oh, favorite yeah. shows. Um, and I listen to the Scrubs podcast all the time. But yeah, that's a common theme is that is, you know, we can't do it all on our own. And I think that's so important to surround yourself with with a community of people who are different from you um, and who have traits that you aspire to be like and that you admire. Um, I think that's so important. And, you know, I'm really, I feel very fortunate to have come into um, people who who do have those traits, you know, and my background, like I grew up in a in a trailer park, like I, (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in a very small town in Iowa, like there wasn't a lot of that for me. So I feel like coming to Madison and really getting out into the world has allowed me to be surrounded by those people. And, you know, if I were my 10 year old self, I don't think that I would believe me if I said I'm going to quit my well paying job with benefits to start a, a, a business like selling me. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of want to disagree a little bit because again, like, like when I met you, you, your energy, your power, the, the, the influence that you have on so many individuals, like I just want to say that, yes, you know, like I can see you doing this on your own. I can see you being successful and I can see you learning a lot. So that's for me to you. <laughs> Thank you, Manny. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's but it's just so interesting how we how we do evolve and how we are impacted by the people who are around us. I think, you know, and that's I feel so incredibly grateful for that. Um, so you have such a uh, positive and, and optimistic outlook. Um, and I, I want to uh, say that I never feel like you are toxically positive. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I favor the word optimistic um, because I feel like positive has kind of like a crappy connotation to it. But you, okay. are, you always seem so optimistic to me. And so even when, you know, things aren't going right, you're still like, eh, there's still something to dance about. Like if that <laughs> if that was like the tagline for Manny, I feel like that would be it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm curious, how do you how do you stay optimistic? Because, you know, as humans, <clears throat> life is hard being a human is is difficult and i know 
um, you know, fairly recently you went through some health issues with your brother and, and things of that nature. So how do you stay optimistic when life gets really hard? Well, um, sometimes uh, the way, you know, after you've gone through a lot in life, um, you know, I grew up in Mexico. I, uh, I you know, we would we'll go to a playground where the night before we were playing basketball there. The following morning, you would go and try and get a run in and, and, and the police were there because they found a body in the exact same place, right? Because of all the problems there's been with cartels and things like that. And and then being, you know, someone that had to travel in, in, in public transportation in a public school in Mexico. So it was a rough, rough bring up for me. And uh, so, and then coming here on my own to the United States, I was, you know, first generation. And uh, so I think after I've, and I, and I know there's a lot of individuals that probably have done the same, you know, that, that you, you, you've knocked on so many doors and, and, and they've been closed, but you know, there's always another one. There's always another one. And just, I guess, having that being driven by what could possibly be your future. That's one of the ways that I stay positive. Um, another way is, you know, sometimes we, I think as humans, we latch into this idea that, you know, when something doesn't go our way, then we, we, we stay in that, in that space and we don't want to accept what, what is to come. And I've learned that sometimes, you know, the outcomes are not the ones that we want. Like you said, my brother had some some uh, health issues. He had a, a liver transplant, and, uh, and we're very lucky. Um, you know, otherwise he wouldn't be here anymore. But uh, but yes, the, the the fact that sometimes it's not about just letting go, but accepting. So just knowing that there's more coming, knowing that. You know, there's always something positive that comes out of any situation, and it, and it's okay. It's okay to, in the moment, maybe feel upset or feel sad, but then taking a step back after you grieve a little bit, or after you you know that something has happened that that you need to accept, and then move forward. Like, what can I do with this now? What am I learning? How can I apply this? And how can I transmit that message to other people? so that they can hopefully create their own plan or hop on your plan or maybe do some bigger things that maybe they're not in your mind, but it's on theirs. And, you know, just, uh, and, and maybe you will never know if you had an influence on them, but if there was, it's great because then these individuals can go out and do greater things in the world. And, uh, and just to be able to kind of go through those motions in my head that, that allows me to just like, you know what, it's okay. You know, <laughs> it's okay. So let's move forward. It's, uh, you know, it's like, like the day that I die, I already put it in my will. You know, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't want uh, people crying. I don't want a grief. I want a party. I want people to know, <laughs> like, this is who he was. This is how it's going to be the day that he's gone. And, 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 and that's it. That's all I want. I want people to smile. Well, I'm sorry to say, but people are going to cry when you die. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody will still, there will be dancing, there will be that party. Um, but, you know, we will, 
we will still miss you. Uh, also, I'm assuming that you're going to die before me, and I think that's really, really uh, morose. I, I shouldn't make that assumption. It's okay, no worries. Um, but yeah, everything that, that you said, you know, I think it's so important to view everything as a learning opportunity if we allow it to be. And I think that you have a really optimistic outcome. You know, I... I myself have been in situations when things didn't go my way, when it seemed like I was constantly just like trying and failing. Um, and, you know, I, I would definitely like disasterize. I'd be like, well, nothing's ever going to go my way. Why do I keep trying? Why do I keep doing this? And so I think that the way that you flipped it is really beautiful in saying that, you know, this particular thing isn't working out right now, but that's just allowing my future to be something even more beautiful. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that that outlook with us. Um, then for for my knowledge, when did you um, move to the United States? Yes, I came in 1999. It was uh, quite a while ago. And, uh, and, and I just want to share very quick, you know, the, this is very, very funny. So I had uh, an internship that I that I was approved to come here to the United States with. And it was my first ever trip on an airplane. And it was from Monterey to Chicago. And on my, my suitcase, I had like one pair of underwear, socks, shorts, one t-shirt. I had a pair of basketball shoes, some toiletries. And then I was wearing my suit because I was coming to my to my internship and I was supposed to be here for just one year and uh and that's it I had nothing else so that's how I arrived wow that seems like it would be really scary how did you how did you feel doing that on your own um it was definitely scary right but ever since I was a kid I always had this dream that I wanted to come here to school, you know, I wanted to go, actually, I wanted to be a wildcat. I wanted to go to the University of Arizona since for a while we lived in the border with Arizona and that's what everybody wanted to be, right? And, and, and um, But then I went back home to Torreon in Mexico and, and, and I always wanted to more, right? And I saw a bunch of my classmates, you know, go to different universities around the country when we, were, when we graduated. But to me, I was like, hmm, you know what? I, that's great and all, but I want more. I want, and I guess that desire that, that's the thing with me. Like once I'm fixated, <laughs> with, that if I, if I want a goal, I, I do everything in my power to try and get the opportunity, not to obtain that goal, but to have the opportunity. And then if the opportunity never comes, then well, we, then we adjust. But uh, but for me, it's just was working towards uh, hopefully attending the, uh, a university here in the United States. And then um, well, the opportunity came, and and so I took it. So it, it was just for me to try and, and and create that opportunity. And and again, it wasn't it wasn't easy, and and I did not do it alone. It was there was a lot of people involved. Sometimes it takes an army. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's extremely brave and courageous. Um, what was the transition like moving from Mexico to the U.S.? Like what were the biggest difference or maybe things that shocked you? 
Oh yeah, it was, it was night and day. And, and the funniest one, I want to say, it's food because, you know, the uh, the diet here and the diet in Mexico is completely different. And then the times when you eat, right? So in Mexico, you have breakfast and you have a snack during the day and you have lunch. And then dinner in the U.S. is around five, six o'clock. For us, there is like another snack that we we have dinner at seven or eight p.m. And not here now. I had to adjust to that. Um, the kinds of foods, um, the how fast things move in this country is another thing that I had to adjust to. Because I remember even even during the day, I would have time to do things. I would time, have time to go places. I would have time to go and hang out with people. And, and it was a long day, but it was, and it was slow. It was like, oh, yeah, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you didn't really keep track of time in here. It's kind of like you're you're always going. Okay, at nine this, at ten this, at noon this, and then you're and then all of a sudden your day is done, and you're like, oh my god, what happened? It's a weekend, so it's that's another thing that I have to adjust to. Uh, then obviously the language, right? That uh, uh, even though I was I was fluent in the language, I was not proficient, so I had to spend uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, you know, writing and reading and, and communicating and, and also learning this land, you know, like, because <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> otherwise I, didn't, I, I wouldn't know what people were talking about. And so that was really fun, very funny. Uh, distances, that was another one because I was used to just being a uh, walking distance and things like that in a very small place. And then all of a sudden, oh, you need to get in a car. Okay, you need to get on a bus. Okay. Um, so yes, yes, those, those are just a few of the things that I had to really, really adjust to. Yeah. Uh, how long do you think it took you to like fully adjust and feel comfortable with that transition? Ooh, uh, actually that never stops till this day, that's never stopped. And the reason why I say that is, it's, you know, like the, the area that I feel more, I guess, uncomfortable discussing or, or comfortable enough to discuss with people who want to learn is you know the the issue of race yes um and and that's this is something that i've actually shared with you before is that not until i came to exact sciences i didn't sh i didn't have and i didn't feel the acceptance in other companies and and not only that but to be given opportunities mm -hmm. and you know that's 20 years that i've been here 21 years and not until I came to exact sciences. So and on, on that note, you know, I've had my share of positive and negative um, experiences, and whether I was traveling in a grocery store, at work, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but I, and then again, but that's, it never stops, you know, trying to feel comfortable, trying to adjust. But, but, it, but I'm not gonna lie, it's very exciting. It's very cool because you get to see and, and kind of experience what other people think. And then, you know, you, you just have to kind of know how or when to ask the right question mm -hmm. to understand what, where they're coming from. And sometimes uh, then you learn something about yourself or you are able to kind of transmit a message for them. And, and, and I, I'm not an advocate to change people's minds, but I'm an advocate to plant a seed and then once that seed is planted, then it's up to them. That's that's my philosophy. Gosh, you even have such a such an optimistic outlook on on racism. Like <laughs> Manny, you're a you're an optimism superhero. <laughs> <laughs> no.
<laughs> Thank you. But I think that's, yeah, that's an excellent way to look at it is, you know, maintaining that openness and curiosity. Um, and, you know, from my background, I grew up in a very, very white community, like white cis hetero people like that's that's all i knew um you know we had like a, a handful of, of latinx kids um and maybe like three black kids in my entire school um so i wasn't exposed to a lot of the culture and i was never you know biased towards you know to to think that anybody was lesser than me because of their their race, their gender, their their sexuality, nothing like that. Um, but it's being around different people. Again, like that's, it's such a learning opportunity. And I think it's so important that we do take the time to learn about others. And so I really appreciate your openness to say like, oh, hey, like, you, you know, you did this, like this person did this thing. Maybe they didn't mean anything by it. Maybe they didn't know any better. Like, mm -hmm. can I, can I ask a question or like, can I, can I say something that will make them think a little bit more? Um, so I, I love that. I think that's such an excellent way to look at that. Um, Manny, I know you're a very busy man, a very important man, um, but I just want to ask uh, one last question um, and it's kind sure of a big one. Um, sure. But, you know, again, we talk so much about being around people that we admire and we want to, and we want to extract some, something inside of them and integrate it into us. So for, for you, um, you know, I think that your, your optimism is just fantastic. You have so much resilience, you are so welcoming and you are so authentic. So my question for you is, what is, you know, the one piece of advice either that you've learned or that you've kind of constructed yourself that you would give others who are trying to gather the courage to be more authentic and to just live their best lives? I, I think the, the best piece that I would love to tell people is uh, trust yourself because nobody else will. And, and sometimes, you know, if you trust yourself, you, you can transmit that so that others can look at you and be like, yes, yes, you, you know, we, we can do something big together. We can, we can smile together. We can cry together. You know, just, just, just trust that who you are is, is more than enough. You know, that's, Man. that's the piece of advice. That's so beautiful. Like <laughs> I'm not crying. You are. <laughs> but yes. no, I think that's so important. I mean, there's so much self-doubt and, you know, we look at social media and we're only seeing the highlight reels. And so I think that's, yeah, that's entirely important to trust yourself and trust that you are, you are far more than enough. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, and, and I didn't understand that until later when, so I have a 12-year-old son. He just turned 12, actually, on Wednesday. Oh, happy birthday to him. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I think I came to terms with that when the, the day that, that I realized that when he looked at me, and till this day is the same, he always trusts what I do and what I say. And that's very powerful and very scary because anything you do, anything you say, anything that comes out of your mouth, 
like he will trust it. So then it's my responsibility to try and be the best person that I can be so that he can follow or he can shape his own mind, his own way, because he's his own human. And so scary, but at the same time, when, you, when, when somebody looks at you and they have full trust on who you are, that's, that's, that's what motivated me to think this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kids especially are just sponges, but really I think that we all are, you know, we see pieces of people that we like and we want to know how we can be like that and to see somebody who's confident and who even to say like, you know, I don't know all the answers, but here's what I do know. And so like, can I learn from somebody else? Um, I think is so, so important and so inspiring. Um, and I, I appreciate that so much about you. I am so grateful that you agreed to come on this podcast um, and help me along with this, this crazy adventure that I'm on. Um, oh, absolutely. Anytime, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate your, your honesty and your, and your openness and your transparency. Um, and so thank you, Manny. Anytime. listening to Empowered Authenticity, the podcast. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like more content from Empowered Authenticity, make sure to follow on Instagram at empowered underscore authenticity. We'll see you next week. Do you feel stuck and unmotivated? Want to create your dream life but don't know where to begin? If you're interested in improving your relationships, communication skills, or feeling more comfortable in your skin, I can help. Together we can determine what's holding you back from living your best life and help to quiet that negative Nancy residing in your head. If you've been interested in working with a coach who is optimistic and authentic and empowers you to be as well, then schedule your free 30-minute chemistry session today by going to empoweredauthenticity.net. Again, that's empoweredauthenticity.net net.